and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. guys and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 36. Today I wanted to talk a little bit about why representation matters and also being vocal about political situations and why that's important for not only us but the people that have larger platforms. Yesterday was the March for Our Lives March to demand gun control and regulations and notice how I didn't say a ban on guns because that's not what it was. There was a lot of familiar faces that showed up to various marches. Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, Miley and Noah Cyrus, Haley Williams, Halsey, Demi Lovato, and more that I know I probably missed, but those are the ones that I saw that were coming up on my timeline. The day included speeches by the survivors of the Parkland shooting from February 14th. One of the most powerful ones came from Emma Gonzalez, the young woman who has been taking the world by storm since the shooting, being the leader, so to speak, for the survivors of the shooting. Her speech consisted of a very tearful start with a reading of the names of the victims who didn't make it, and then six minutes and 20 seconds of silence, the length of the time it took the shooter to gun down 17 of her classmates and then leave. I'm going to play the beginning and the end of her speech because the silence doesn't translate as well if you don't watch her standing there. It is so powerful that even after this episode, I encourage everybody to watch it. Six minutes and about 20 seconds. In a little over six minutes, 17 of our friends were taken from us, 15 were injured, and everyone, absolutely everyone, in the Douglas community was forever altered. Everyone who is there understands. Everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refuse to, I'll tell you where it went. Right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Patty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Pollock would never.
since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. In addition to Emma, there was other speeches that shook everyone to their very core. 11-year-old Naomi Wadler was one of them. This was her speech. <laughs> My name is Naomi, and I'm 11 years old. <laughs> Me and my friend Carter led a walk out at our elementary school on the 14th. We walked out. We walked out for 18 minutes, adding a minute to honor Cortland Arrington, an African-American girl who was the victim of gun violence in her school in Alabama after the Parkland shooting. I am here today to represent Cortland Arrington. I am here today to represent Hadia Pendleton. I, I am here today to represent Tiana Thompson, who at just 16 was shot dead in her home here in Washington, D.C. I am here today to acknowledge and represent the African-American girls whose stories don't make the front page of every national newspaper. <laughs> whose stories don't lead on the evening news. I represent the African-American women who are victims of gun violence, who are simply statistics instead of vibrant, beautiful girls at full of potential. It is my privilege to be here today. I am indeed full of privilege. My voice has been heard. I am here to acknowledge their stories, to say they matter, to say their names, because I can, and I was asked to be. For far too long, these names, these black girls and women, have been just numbers. I'm here to say never again for those girls too. to say that everyone should value those girls too. People have said that I am too young to have these thoughts on my own. People have said that I am a tool of some nameless adult. It's not true. might still be 11, and we might still be in elementary school, but we know. We know life isn't equal for everyone, and we know what is right and wrong. We also know that we stand in the shadow of the Capitol, and we know that we have seven short years until we, too, have the right to vote. So I'm here today to honor the words of Toni Morrison. If there, is a, if there is a book that you want to read, but it hasn't been written yet, you must be the one to write it. I urge everyone here and everyone who hears my voice to join me in telling the stories that aren't told. To honor the girls, the women of color who were murdered at disproportionate rates in this nation. each of you to help me write the narrative for this world and understand so that these girls and women are never forgotten. Thank you. Yeah.
There were other speeches that were also amazing. The last one everyone was talking about was the speech made by Samantha Fuentes. Her powerful poem about the shooting paired with her throwing up on stage and composing herself shortly after and kept going. Her speech is the longest that I'm going to play. It clocks in at about five minutes, but it's very important that we listen to these speeches and listen to what these kids are saying. This is Samantha Fuentes. Hello, beautiful people of America. It is a great day to be here. It is a great day to see all of you here, and I am proud of each and every one of you. And the truth is, I am not here for me. I am here for you. So you don't ever have to fear of getting shot in your own classroom. You don't ever have to wonder if you'll have to see your best friend die next to you. You don't ever have to worry about going into a Holocaust history class to learn about death and then experience it right before your eyes. And this why, this is why, oh my God. <laughs> and this is why this piece is called Enough. Never did I think I would be herded like cattle by a shower of bullets that let me scarred and rattled, forced to huddle among those who lost their last living breaths on a day that was designated for loves and laughs. I never got to say goodbye. I could barely see out my eyes because I was crying tears and blood at the same time. Barricaded behind those filing cabinets and bookcases that day taught me one thing and one thing only. Regardless of how much money you pay or how much you pray, if you don't change anything today, your children will no longer stay. So when do we say enough is enough? Day in and day out, our kids are getting shot up. And the moment we speak up, we're scolded that we are not old enough. It is as, it, it is as if we need permission to ask our friends not to die. Lawmakers and politicians will scream guns are not the issue, but can't look me in the eye. Our mission 
is simple and our ambitions are unbeatable. Let's keep the guns out of the hands of the wrong people and keep them in the hands of the safe and reasonable. So either, either you can join us or be on the side of history who pr prioritize their guns over the lives of others. The only way we can do this in, is in numbers. Let, let's have our lawmakers reflect our views and address our struggles. Let's stand, unite with one another. We the people still stand true, so now America, you will have to choose. Will you give up or is enough enough? And I have one more request. Today is March 24th, March for Our Lives, but it is also the birthday of Nick DeWart, someone that I was senselessly murdered in front of me. Today is his birthday. I would like to sing together, happy birthday. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Yesterday was filled with support by all over, and thankfully for the first time since the giant orange baby took office, people who have never seemed to be on the right side of history shut the fuck up for once. I was lucky and didn't see any anti-March nonsense on Facebook or Twitter, and I was fairly active for the entire day. Thank you to the musicians who use their platform for awareness almost every time we need them to. All the women who I mentioned have made an appearance or have spoken out almost every time we needed them to. I am so grateful to grow up in a time where we have support by people who make who can help make a difference by using their voice that so many people in the world listen to and use it for movements like this. And I'm super proud of Ariana Grande for being you know, a survivor of an attack that happened at her concert. You know, there was a shooting that took place last year and that was, that was her own safe space and she's using her platform to spread awareness every chance that she can get. And I'm really, really proud of her and I'm thankful that somebody like her is speaking up and trying to involve herself in these marches and everything since she was directly affected by something so terrible. Now, I have so much music for you guys, and I'm super excited about all of it. I wanted to talk about the march to open this episode, but I will get more into music after I play the first song of today. I was supposed to play this song the day after it dropped, but the timing didn't work out, and I had nothing really to say at the moment, so I have today the new song by my friends in Painting Rockets. I had the honor of hearing the song weeks before the release, and is the only song I played up until the drop. It is my favorite song that they have ever done, and it sounds as if they are so much further in their career than they actually are. It has has what I told singer Kelly the second record feel like they've broken out of their first record cycle of hearing what they of learning what they like and already have established their sound and the world is going to eat it up mind you they've only released two EPs for them so far so them to sound like a second record before they even have a first one is incredible in itself I'm pleased to play for you guys the new single from my friends from Scotland here is exposed
Again, that was the song Exposed by the band Painting Rockets, available on iTunes. Now, I wanted to talk about representation today, and by that I mean why it matters that we have movies like Love, Simon and bands who support LGBTQ causes and also what representation doesn't look like. I apologize in advance if the music talk is lighter than everything else, but I feel the things that I want to say are super important that I can cheat my own system for once, right? I saw the movie Love, Simon a week before its release because it was playing at one theater for one showing one day where I live. And my movie buddy and I said that we would see it together before he moved since he was the only person that would go with me to see it. And I have to say it was one of my favorite movies of all time. For those who didn't know, even though I'm sure most of you do, Love, Simon was a book to movie about a teenage boy who was still not out yet and didn't know how to come out. He befriends a pen pal in school who came out anonymously on their school's, I guess what you would call their Reddit forum and Simon corresponds with them and ends up falling in love with the mysterious Blue, the pen pal's alias. The movie centers around Simon trying to find out who Blue is and ends up leaving his email up on the school computer for the so-called weird kid to find and screenshot and blackmail Simon to hook him up with one of his friends in exchange for not releasing the emails to the school and subsequently outing Simon before he was ready. Now, before its release, people online were talking about why they feel that we didn't need this movie. And to me, as a straight person, I felt that we needed this movie. How many movies does the LGBTQ community have in the grand scheme of things? We just got Call Me By Your Name. And no, I'm not doing the debate again with any of you about this. A movie that even if it's controversy was probably the only big thing that the LGBTQ community had as far as film film goes that we've had any sort of recognition in a long time and that movie whether you loved it or hated it it was about a love story no matter what type of love story it was one now love simon was a gay coming of age rom-com to totally different audiences and i feel that we have never had anything like it before how many rom-coms do straight people have now think about how many gay ones we have exactly but luckily after the world premiere of the movie people praised it left and right. Nick Robinson, the actor who plays Simon, talked about how his brother found the courage to come out during the process of filming the movie. 
Kian Lonsdale. I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. The actor who plays one of the possible pen pals came out as a bisexual five years ago. Now, he doesn't really subscribe to the label bisexual, but he does say that, you know, he's interested in both men and women. So he says that he's fine with the label, but he doesn't like to label himself. So bisexual is fine, he said, but he doesn't really subscribe to any sort of label for his sexuality. And I was so happy when I found out they cast someone who was actually LGBTQ for a movie about coming out and being LGBTQ. The movie all around was inspiring and amazing. It had such a huge response that had so many people coming out or bringing their parents who didn't accept them to see it. And after found acceptance, the movie literally helped homophobic families cope better. The movie made me so emotional towards the end. I hope more movies like this get uh, get made. And I hope that more families can try to mend what's broken by accepting their kids when they see this film. Also, not to mention the trend of people like Neil Patrick Harris and Kristen Bell, along with many others buying out theaters for people to see the movie for free. That's also something to note. And that's really cool. And I'm so glad that people with a higher platform are doing something for a movie so amazing and inspiring and something that we really need in 2018 and that we've needed for a really long time. So I told you guys I have so much music that I want to play, so I'm making this a three-song episode by playing another song right now. The song is by the band Kississippi from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The band was recommended to me by my friend and Paramore show partner, Daisy, who told me I had to check out this band and shout out to her because I just pre-ordered the new record, Sunset Blush, coming out April 6th, the day we set sail for Parahoy, actually. And the song is from the record, and it's called Cut Your Teeth. It is going to be such a summer driving to the beach record. I already feel it, and I've only heard this one song. You guys are totally going to love it, so here is Cut Your Teeth. Cheekbones that shine like diamonds Oh darkness, I am nerveless Eyes closed for lack of purpose or lack of light With fear that I'll lose it I'm still afraid of the dark You were my light for so long Oceans deep and mountains tall Future plays tricks on us, huh? Yeah. 
Again, that was the song Cut Your Teeth by the band Kississippi from their record coming out April 6th called Sunset Blush. You can pre-order it on iTunes or listen to it on their Bandcamp. I still want to talk about why representation is important, and this time I will talk about music. Finally, I know. Panic at the Disco has been creating quite the buzz lately by doing secret shows announced the day before for their tour supporting their new record called Pray for the Wicked that's coming out on June 22nd of this year. They also announced the support for the tour and also announced that they have a new bassist who is a woman. Her name is Nicole Rowe and she is awesome. Fans have already taken such a liking for her and we're all really excited. Mostly because we see representation and mostly because she's awesome. But the supporting acts include Arizona and Haley Kuoko. And I wanted to talk about Haley Kuoko for a minute. Haley is a bisexual woman who writes mostly about women, features music in her music, uh, features women, I'm sorry, in her music videos, and basically is what everyone calls her lesbian Jesus. But recently I saw something that made me want to talk about that. I did an entire episode, well, basically an episode and a half about bi erasure with Halsey. I feel this situation is very similar. I love that Haley is out and here loving and appreciating women and owning her sexuality, but I feel calling her lesbian anything erases her sexuality a bit. She is a bisexual woman and we should treat it as such. Bisexual people are always trying to prove or validate their sexuality, and I feel that this is not helping with that at all. Even though we are really happy and excited to see a woman giving us the gay content we all want and appreciate... There is another issue that I have to mention, and I saw this, and it led me to this comment about Haley Kuoko, so everything is kind of intertwined, and that was someone calling Harry Styles a lesbian icon, and I looked online to try and find out if Harry Styles even identifies as any part of the LGBTQ community, and I found this take from Huffington Post. The article says, when asked point blank if he identified as bisexual, Styles told the magazine, bisexual? Me? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Now, that was from 2013. According to other searches, people claim his song Medicine was his way of coming out as bi, but nobody has any concrete uh, confirmation other than the lyrics, which people would call me an idiot and say that's confirmation in itself. But to me, that's not as concrete as someone literally coming out and saying, I'm bisexual, I'm gay, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But the lyrics are, the boys and the girls are here, I mess around with them, and I'm okay with it, I'm coming down, I figured out, I kind of like it, and when I sleep, I'm going to dream of how you tasted. Either way, I'm not getting into a whole tangent about if Harry Styles is gay or not. My entire point is calling him a lesbian icon is ridiculous. If Harry is a straight man, he is just as good to the LGBTQ community as Macklemore was, and that's not the greatest. Everyone loves allies, but I am so tired of non-LGBTQ community people being the face of the community. <laughs> Meanwhile, women like Haley Kuoko are out here screaming in our faces, I love women. And people are more focused on, oh my God, Harry Styles had an LGBTQ flag. He is the lesbian icon of our time. Nobody else matters. Oh my God. He is the gayest person alive. Lesbian icon 2018. It just frustrates me because First, we are here doing the whole bi erasure thing with Haley. Then we completely forget about her and deem Harry Styles the chosen one. It's just strange to me. Even if Harry is bi, he still isn't a lesbian. So at the end of the day, calling him a lesbian icon is a little bit of a stretch. Now I get that people joke around on the internet and I get not everything's supposed to be taken seriously. And I get that people say stuff just for, you know, for the fuck of it. But in a world where it's so hard being in the LGBTQ community and finding validation and getting people to accept you and literally everything that goes with coming out, I think that 
Um, that's a little bit of a stretch calling him a lesbian icon, especially since he is a man and nobody has confirmation that he is a bisexual or gay or literally anything. We, we don't know anything. And that normally wouldn't matter, but I think that we shouldn't jump the gun and call him a lesbian icon because he's not a woman, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Even if it is a joke, I don't think that we should be joking about something like that right now, especially when people like Haley Cuoco are getting her sexuality erased, essentially. So that's just my little take on it. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm a complete and utter ignorant idiot, but that's just me. But unrelated to representation, I wanted to close out with some information I found that was interesting to me. SZA, who took the music world by storm with her breakout album Control, that was nominated for the Grammys actually, said that not only does she not like that record, her next one will be her last. She told Flaunt, I'm still miserable, she insisted. My world got so much smaller so fast. I have so much to write about. I feel like I'm in a cage. I'm making the best album of my life for the next album, and I know that because it's going to be my last album. She didn't say anything else or mention why or anything but I found it interesting that she released a killer first album that she didn't really even like herself and that everybody else loved and then she says that she's hanging it up after her second album that hasn't even been recorded or I don't even think written yet but I mean good for her for doing something for herself though if maybe the attention wasn't really for her or whatever her reason no matter what control was awesome and I'm glad that it exists for me to play on repeat even after she stops making music whenever that's going to be. That's all I had to say today. Thank you guys for being open to me, touching on more topics every now and then. The heart of this podcast will always be music and sexism, but sometimes I feel certain topics need to be talked about because of the importance and relevance to the political climate that we're currently, unfortunately, in. Before we end today's episode, I have the last and third artist I will play. Her name is Alina Baraz from Cleveland, Ohio, and funny enough, I found her music while eating Chipotle, which is where I found a lot of the artists that you guys will be hearing in the upcoming episodes. Every time we go, they always have great mixes, one after another, of female musicians killing it so thanks chipotle for giving me so many great artists to check out and play for you guys alina has a very gentle sound with explosive synth parts that pair very well with her softness i love the song i have for this it's called fantasy off her 2015 album urban flora available on itunes before i play it remember you guys can find me on twitter which is rebel hearts girl facebook.com slash rebel hearts podcast instagram is sam is socks email me for podcast related topics and submissions at rebel hearts podcast at gmail.com and remember to subscribe to the website for updates on new merch items like the patches that just came in on friday or updates on new episodes and blog posts at rebelheartspodcast.com. i will see you guys at the front here is alina baraz